Welcome back to Don't Call It a Book Club. My name is Luke. My name is Dan. We've got a very special episode today. The last episode for our Malazan Book of the Summer series. Mm. We have Pete and AJ here from the 10 Very Big Books podcast mm. uh, to talk about what we've been reading this summer. Thanks for, uh, thanks for joining us, guys. Yeah. Thanks for having us. We're excited to be here. It's a good time. I'm very excited. It's it's nice to finally have some some experts on the show, Luke. Somebody who can who can right all of these wrongs that we've been telling our listeners about. You know, <laughs> I would say I explicitly do not build myself as an expert or anyone yeah. on the show, so I would re- reject this premise <laughs> from the f- start. Yeah, I sec- I hard second that. <laughs> I would not say we're experts, but hey, thanks. <laughs> okay, okay, smart move. Uh, <laughs> Can you guys, why don't you guys give us a quick little rundown of what, what exactly your podcast is? Sure. Um, so I read these books when I was in college and then a few years pass and um, I'm like, hey, th- there's no, not a podcast about these books. These books are merited to discussion. So I convinced my friends to read the books with me. And uh, we are slowly reading through them a few chapters at each time. We're on the seventh out of the ten books now, the very big books, if you will. And um, everyone on our show kind of has a different perspective. My friend India is on there. She doesn't read a lot of fantasy. My friend Josh is on there. He reads some fantasy. And then AJ comes on around book four or so and has now read all the books, too. And AJ used to edit, but now they're a full part of the show and... We're uh, churning through book seven coming up this fall, and uh, we talk to the author at the end of each season. It's a lot of fun. Yes, yeah, good time, great time. So, uh, what's going on? What you, what you guys think of these books? <laughs> <laughs> Pretty good. We've gotten through. We've gotten through three of them. Three of on them. our show. Uh, take taking a break to go to go to some other series, but we're into it. Um, I enjoyed it. But Some we've got the, we've got a little bit of a oh, go ahead, Dan. Yeah, yeah. We got a little warm up before we get started. Something to kind of get the juices flowing a little bit. Something oh, okay. Fairly easy. Okay. Oh, Something fairly ex- easy. Excuse me. Excuse me. <laughs> We're, g- g- we'll get into the books in a second. We've got some observations we need to t- we need to discuss with you all. But first, oh, we gotta get okay. we gotta get the podcasting juices flowing. You know. Right. Right. Okay. So. We, we've got a few would you rather questions that are malice. <laughs> oh, okay. All right. Nice. All right. Nice. First up, would you rather take a road trip with Hairlock the puppet or pet sit for the Hounds of Shadow for a weekend? Um. How long are we talking? How long is this road trip? Like cross country? Like we could just like going up to like the, the coast or something? I was picturing mm. cross country for this. Luke, did you mm. have something different in mind? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I was thinking cross country. I'm doing the Hairlock like, I'm doing Hairlock the puppet road trip because um I've seen child's play and puppets are just little stinkers. So it sounds like it'd be a lot of fun to do. You know? <laughs> You're saying the power dynamic wouldn't be too uneven. You're saying you would be able to to hold your own. Well, well, ultimately, it is a puppet, so I feel like in in just in the octagon, I have my physical presence that's going to be able to conquer it. <laughs> just sheer size, yeah. The sheer size. Uh, uh, I think I'm going to swing opposite. I think I'm going with the, the mm. Watch the Hounds of Shadow, because it was just for a weekend, right? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Just a weekend. Yeah. I, I think I could hide for a whole weekend, and that's pretty much <laughs> I think that pretty much constitutes all I would need to do. Well, well, one pro about the dog sitting is I think there's nothing you could do to dog sit. So really, you're accomplishing right. the goal mm-hmm. no matter what because there's no <laughs> exactly. active fail state. Right. That's what I'm. Yeah. That's what sure. I'm yeah. yeah. Well, but I, I imagine that, that Cotillion wouldn't want them like peeing on the rug or anything while he's gone. <sighs> the shadow throne Mayhaps. probably wouldn't want them to like yeah. you know yeah. tear the place up. Yeah. Yeah, I guess there is, yeah, there we is the wrath to specify. Mm-hmm. We didn't specify the, the goals of that one. But okay, let's, <laughs> let, me, let me go to the next one. Because uh, okay. this one's actually a good one. Like, like two good things. Mm. Um, would you rather have Whiskey Jack as your wingman or have Itkovian as your like, therapist? 
Ekovian is my therapist. Yeah, Ekovian is my therapist. Even a, not even a conversation. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. I'm, uh, I'm so depressed. Please take this from me. You know? <laughs> yeah. I, uh, I wasn't but on But could that he season. bear it is the question. <laughs> Uh, I wasn't on that season, but I do have a strong, strong love for Edkovian. Um I did okay. read the third book, yeah. But I, yeah, I, I think Edkovian as, as a therapist is, uh, okay. I mean, it's quick, it's quick and easy. It takes, you know, it's what, 60 bucks for one session and then you're, do- you're done, you know, you're good forever. <laughs> and I got to tell you, uh, I, I, I don't think Whiskey Jack str- rings out to me as some great wingman is my impression, yeah. you know? Okay. Okay, I was my concern with having Whiskey Jack as my wingman is I feel like I would just be overshadowed. Yeah, well, I feel like yeah. that's really? why he would be an effective wingman though, is because if you have like if he's intentional about it, then he's not overshadowing you, right? If he is mm. being a, like a true wingman, it's like he taking you in. up to like his level, <laughs> right? Right, right. Mm. If he's talking yeah, you yeah. up, right. you have to be outstanding. Like, well, who is this guy? <laughs> right, like if. <laughs> If LeBron is telling people that I'm better at basketball, you know, <laughs> right? Like, exactly. For me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, sure. but if I'm standing next to LeBron, <laughs> and LeBron's like, "Hey, this is my friend Pete. They're the real deal." I just feel like it's like the game's given away instantly. Do you know what I mean? I just feel like it's not going to hold up to the scrutiny, the eye test. But I think there's an air of mystery to it. I think if the, if they mm. can do it with a straight face, it's like, oh, hold on. Yeah, they have to back up the initial, like, you know, LeBron says you're better than basketball, and everyone's like, ah, but he's like, no, seriously. Right, right. right. It's like, oh. Oh. (laughs) But then you do have to live up to being better than LeBron at basketball, so I don't know. That's a good point. That's a good point. The (laughs) long-term situation probably isn't great. Probably isn't great in this case. Yeah, okay, okay, fair enough, fair enough. Last one. Would you rather have to tell the crippled god that he needs to clean up after his dog or be the one responsible for bathing the Kachain Chamale matron? Both sound awesome to me. So, okay, <laughs> uh, <laughs> we might have got a tricky See, it's one tough. Here. It's tough. I would say bathe the matron, but in my mind, I would want it to be like I was bathing a dog and a very loving thing, but the matron right. is huge, so it would right. not be able to be a tender, loving ba- bath, so I, I feel like but it would be like... more like me in a giant tank like trying to bathe a whale, which is not really... <laughs> but so. I feel like the matron would at least like appreciate it, you know? Like, I don't know yeah. where the crippled god lands on, like, a, hey, thanks right. for doing this. You know, like, I don't know if, if they're, I'm going to get a thank you. Well, I think the point is you have to tell the, like, the crippled god has let their dog poop on your yard, and you have to be the one to tell the crippled god, like, hey, oh. man, like, you really can't let your dog just, like, poop on my yard. I need you to clean up. I think that, I, I think then that really changes my answer. I think that makes it a hard matron. Like, I'm absolutely okay. <laughs> clean. The thing I don't about have to... the matron. That I'm having trouble with. Y- y'all are talking about it like the matron is just going to chill while you're in the tank with her. <laughs> I, of course, I feel she like she's going to be... She's trying to be giving you a hug. Like, her and Talk the Younger had, sure. had not a great relationship, I'll say. Sure. Well, she gave, she, right, in my memory, she gave like Talk many a hug. And that many a hug. fun that for everyone. Too, <laughs> I think too many was my <laughs> argument. Too many hugs. <laughs> um... Yeah, I don't, you know, I don't know. Maybe, maybe have that conversation with the crippled god. I don't think it's going to go well, but at least it could be a story, you know. Uh, you know what though? Mm. I think the crippled god would would just like laugh right in your face and then just like walk away. Like I don't know if there's any like mm. negative consequence to be like, hey, like this isn't cool. What your dog just did? Like I'll clean it up, but like it's really not cool. And I think the crippled god would just be like, hey, <laughs> fuck you, bye. <laughs> just like, like I don't think there's any malice there. <laughs> Sure. Pete sips Fair. his coffee. Fair. <laughs> yeah. Oh, I don't know. They both sound good, uh, but, I'll, I'll, you know, I, I can't pick. I can't pick. That's what I'll go with. <laughs> That's fair. All right. All right. I think we're I think we're good and and warmed up with our witchy rallies. We've got some some more like little fun games like that a little bit later. Yeah. Okay. But uh, but back to uh, discussing. Dan and the I book. have just the books. Yeah. The three. There's three of them. The three books that we've read so far. The first. Good like big, big observation. 
that I think I've noticed from these books is that there's a lot of like band-aid solutions that we're dealing with throughout these mm. first three books. Like we are locking a lot of people up in a sword or in the the Azath like tentacle like vine thing. We're like throwing things into rifts, hoping that they'll stay there forever and prevent the Warren from exploding and killing everyone. There's a lot of band-aid and duct tape solutions here, and it feels like everything is constantly like on the edge of all of it falling apart throughout these these first three books we've read. Now, Dan, I don't know if you know, there are ten books in this series, so some things say. <laughs> Light spoilers, things will come back. <laughs> yes, um, yes, I but yes, I agree. But on the other <laughs> hand, some things will not come back. <laughs> so <laughs> sometimes band-aids um, work, you know? <laughs> I, I guess that's true, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um but you know, maybe some things just don't have clean endings, you know, and it's just like uh, maybe I don't know. That's all I got. Maybe that's that's deep. We could say that that's deep. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Thanks. It was a, it was a, it was a wow. Of yeah, Pete. Pete. So you're saying that maybe like real life is held together with duct tape and bandages? Whoa, man. It's wow. crazy, bro. Uh, okay. That's intense. That's intense. Very intense. Yeah. Okay. Uh, one thing that I've like, there's a lot of and this is the case of, I feel like, a lot of fantasy, but, um, like, special weapons, magical items, sure. cool accessories, some animal friends. Mm -hmm. Like, we've got Dragnipore, we've got Brood's Hammer, mm. we've got, like, little Morant flying thingies. Mm. Um, this is another, like, just kind of question that's, like, I'm trying to think which one of these I want the mm. most. Mm. And... Honestly, I don't think it's a weapon. Well, having Dragnipur um, seems like a bad time. All signs point to that. So pass yes. on that one. Yeah. yeah, for sure. That's what I'm immediately like. After right. the third book especially, I'm like, no, that's too much responsibility. <laughs> no. Maybe the Torx. Right. That, that'd be fun. Oh, sure. Yeah. Oh, yeah. That's fair. I'm thinking... I'm thinking... Uh, little tiger action. Little tiger action. Anything with an animal, like if I get to do it... I want to ride these quirrels, mm. these Maranth quirrels. I feel like that would oh, be nice. Oh, yeah. Um, I don't know if there's more things like that, but I, I mean, the, that's my choice. The obvious one that I'm thinking of that might be like kind of cheating is like being a Solotakin sounds just very cool. Mm. But like, that's yeah. just such a standard. That feels like such a basic answer. I almost didn't want to say it, you know, because just like being able to turn to an animal is what a ton of people want to do. So like, sure. That, that would probably be my like, true answer. The, the, these connoisseurs of pronunciation, Solotakin. Look at this, AJ. Yeah. Look at the, the level of professionality yeah. they're bringing to the show. <laughs> Are you those know? real? Because that's just how we decided to pronounce it. So, uh, Solotakin is, I think, how Steve usually says it. So Really? Oh, nice. I, I think that's I think that is canon. Um, it is not. I, I, we say Soltaken, but that's because we're dirty animals. Plebeians. But. Yeah. Um... Uh, AJ, what do you think? Yeah. I I don't know really what utility this has, but I would love to, like, I don't know, like, have ghost hands. It doesn't really do anything. It just looks like I don't have hands, but I do, <laughs> in a way. Um, I imagine you'd be really into, like, sleight-of-hand magic tricks. Yeah. <laughs> right. Yeah, 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 yeah. Right. Ooh, what do you call it? Right. Sleight or you of wrist? Could, like, Is that what... <laughs> you could for sure like for sure get some people like on the pool table right like going and be like that is true what's what's the word pool shark or something yeah 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 when you're could, like yeah. pretending like you're terrible hustle. yeah hustle, for sure that's, the word. that's mm -hmm. you could hustle them. how about how about that drag bells in prison isn't that funny <laughs> I love I love that that's what I thought of immediately too when we thought about pool it's, it's where, it's that what Drake I learned and Josh about episode 100% it's where I learned I was like man wow. seems like a great yeah 100% wow have y'all um, seen the the yeah. like memes that are the mashup of his court video yeah there's a the lot there's Drake a and lot Josh of memes. episode 
they're yeah, they're, they're kind of hilarious. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh. Anyway, so the Malazan Book of the Fallen by right. Stephen. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Clearly, this is what this right. podcast is about. Um. <laughs> so so, do you guys like do you guys like like the books? <laughs> what do you, yes. you guys think? <laughs> yes, we definitely did. did. We definitely did. We had both read the first one before. Um, oh, okay. And so we decided to come back to it on on the show because there's a lot of stuff there for us to for us to talk about. Uh, sure. And there's a lot of. I think it really lends itself well to talking with someone else about it because there's just so much going on all the time. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, um, yeah. absolutely. Yeah, I think I when I read the first one a few years ago, I didn't go on. Like, I, I could tell that the book was good, but I feel like I needed someone to talk to mm-hmm. about it, which is sure. why, like, it worked for us. Sure. Um, I think without that, it was just like, ah, this is a little bit too much. But <laughs> since since me and Dan were doing, like, three episodes for every book, yeah. uh, it went pretty well. I was into it. And yeah. I know that, like, a lot of people have trouble with the... Uh, like complexity and everything, which I mean, I did too in terms of like knowing what was going on, but it was kind of just like, hey, I'll figure it out later. Yeah. Mm. That's how I, yeah, there's lots of, yeah. Yeah. Yes. Cool. Yeah. So I'm curious because I, I read the first two books after reading, I'd listened to the podcast and then I read three, four, and five and then went back and read one and two. Whoa. Okay. Oh. Interesting. Uh, yeah. The so I'm curious, and and uh, yeah, right. The classic, the classic reading order, and you did a Star Wars. I, I did, I did exactly. I did the machete order exactly. <laughs> um, I had a a very honestly easy time reading Gardens of the Moon because I had this mm. vocabulary of like I knew everything that was going on. Did, was that was that a similar experience having read the book? Like having read Gardens of the Moon twice, did you have a firmer understanding, or was it just like you're going back to this thing? And you're like, I'm still confused what this stuff means. I think it was maybe for me at least like a little bit easier, but not significantly. Sure, because it was like I had only read Gardens of the Moon before. I hadn't. Right. I still didn't know. Like I don't think there's a ton that gets like revealed at the end of Gardens of the Moon that no, helps no. the beginning right as much. So. Yeah, it was still, like, a little confusing. I think Gardens of the Moon is actually a fairly narrow story, especially, and I think that's why when you compare it to Memories of Ice, when you kind of follow up on that storyline, and Memories of Ice is such a big book with such a big sweeping story, I think that's why, yeah, it's just Gardens of the Moon comparison is just, you know, one city, two groups, blah, 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 blah. Right. Right. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. One of my my next questions was going to be, like, uh, what's it like rereading these because like at the end of garden or at the end of uh memories of ice it was like man i would really love to go back and reread gardens of the moon right now is it like way more satisfying if you already know what's going on um i will say i don't know i don't reread a lot of books just there's a lot of stuff i want to read and it just you know i don't always you know there's only so many hours in the day um, so when I feel like I used to hear or talk to these people on the Malazan forums and I'm going through the first time and they're like, yeah, I've read the book six times. And I would, it, I would just be like, what the fuck are we even doing? Do you mean I just like <laughs> completely didn't connect with me? Cause I just had never done something like that in my life, you know? Um, but I will say now rereading it, I do get how you can end up in this place where you want to read them again you know it's not even like i think i'll read them a third time but i would never take it off the table do you mean it seems Mm -hmm. like some some uh, you know maybe i mean i think the second time has been such a really interesting and different read than the third time you know things that i've sorry than the first time things that resonated with me uh, not only because i'm at a different point in my life but also because i have a different perspective uh, on some of the events in the books because I, of course, know kind of how they're going to transpire. Um, so it, it's a really different experience. And I think, um, yeah, I, I kind of, I'm kind of, you know, kind of loving it in a way. Yeah, for sure. I think especially what Luke and I kind of picked up on at the end of Memories of Ice, there's a lot more revealed about like all the stuff the Malazan Empire is actually doing and like there's more of a reason to all of it than just like 
the initial introduction in Gardens of the Moon. And so to like have that perspective and reread it to like see what these Mm. motivations actually are sounds like super cool. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Like we were both, and I'm assuming this is probably the case for most people that read this. We were both like very anti-Malazan at the, at the, in the first book. And then now at the end of Memories of Ice, it's like, oh, these guys might actually be, I mean, they have their flaws obviously, but these guys might actually be the good guys, which is rare for us to like acknowledge good people. Mm. <laughs> right. So right. why do you, what, what do you think you're, what, what made you feel some more engendered to them? I think maybe more the comparison to other groups. Yeah. Like, it's like everyone, they're the less bad. They're the least bad. Option. Yeah. I guess, I guess I should say least bad rather than the good guys because <laughs> yeah. like everyone else is terrible. Yeah. Um, yeah. Well, and there's a, there is an explicit discussion within memories of ice where i don't remember which character but a character essentially says like hey yeah they're an empire and yeah they're trying to control stuff but like look at look at around you like look how bad everything else is malazan they're they're doing all right like compared to everybody else they're they're doing pretty good yeah Yeah, it just like dipping into the 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 imperialism colonialism stuff is always so I don't want to say fraught, but it's just like it's there's so much there that is like mm. infinitely unpackable. You know what I mean? Like it's you're never going to come at it from every angle that it that it it like can be talked about at. Yeah. Um, yeah, and I think to just... build on that AJ, I think you're really right and I think us um being more engaged with that aspect of the book and being more engaged with that aspect of the conversation. I mean, I'm certainly no expert on colonialism in our world. And there's just so much that goes into talking about that subject and how it's shaped our world today and uh, this colonial societies. I mean, it's just such a huge thing. And I think Mm -hmm. to talk about it within the books and be engaged with it is really interesting. And I think AJ just it just in a recent episode of our show we were talking about it, it stirred up a lot of conversation it just it always does it's always a subject that many people have feelings about and i think uh centering the empire in that way um is is bound to stir that conversation you know yeah 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 for sure i think that hasn't come up a ton on our show mostly because i don't think we have a good understanding of how a lot of like the not like I'm asking for this yet, but like the day-to-day administration within the Malazan Empire works. Like when they conquer mm. a city, what happens to the people that live there? What kind of laws are they enforcing? Is there like strict moral codes that they're imposing on people? Like what does it look like to be a part of the Malazan Empire? And I don't think we've gotten a good picture in the first three books of like just a city that's been conquered like 15 years ago. and isn't being incited by like spirits in the desert to rebel against the Malazan empire like yeah i think there are a couple conversations in the fourth book that get a little more into the nitty-gritty of that kind Mm -hmm. of um yeah but it generally just remains like a yeah we can't derail the whole show into this but um (laughs) it just is too big of a thing so yeah yeah Um, yeah. we could go on to something dumb i think i think it might be time to go on to something stupid (laughs) Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I've got, I've got a good one. I've got a good dumb, dumb game to play. Okay. Um, this is gonna be okay. Okay, this is gonna be. I'm gonna give you guys scenarios, and I'm asking who you want to be your boss in these scenarios, picking <laughs> okay. from like the leaders in this in this uh, world. You know, like Whiskey Jack, Kaladin Brood, Rake, all those guys. Okay, and these are gonna be very specific. Okay. Okay. So number one, you're a waiter, and you've accidentally put pepper jack cheese instead of Swiss on your customer's burger, and they've been yelling at you for the past, like, five minutes and have just called the manager. Mm. Who do you want that manager to be? <laughs> Kruppa. <laughs> <laughs> it feels like the uh, ultimate prank, you know? Shit. <laughs> Oh man, let's just go off for 25 minutes about how all cheese is good and should be, you know, all cheese is delectable. No, you know, fuck, that's good. You'll have, they'll they'll eventually be more angry at Kruppa than you. 
Right, they'll forget. Exactly, they'll forget. exactly. Yeah, yeah, it's, yeah. It's, yes. <laughs> That's very good. I, th- yeah. <laughs> I think, uh, I mean, I guess he's not really like a, a the leader or anything, but but I think Edkovian <laughs> would be good for similar reasons why he'd be as good therapist. He would just like take that suffering. He's like, hey, I know you didn't want the cheese, but like <laughs> deal with it. <laughs> That's an easy one for him to take, right? That's a no-brainer. Yeah. Like, yeah, <laughs> right, definitely, right. I could take that suffering. <laughs> um, I, I, yeah. AJ too. We both worked at a Chinese place mm. for a while, and you yeah. know, it, it was one of my times working in food service. And I gotta say, it was at that time. Sometimes people would get very angry with me, as they do with food service people. And they would always be like, hey, I like it's, I want to speak to your manager and do this thing. And I would be like, yeah, joke's on you. She speaks very little English and hates you. So there is, like, you are going to have a bad time, you know? And they and she did not give a fuck. And I always felt like, bro, I'm, you should be happy you're speaking to me. I'm the, you're, I'm the good. Ah. Right. Right, but. right. I'm the one who's most likely to help you in this situation. Right. Not I'm not going to ban you from the store. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Like, anyway, yeah. that food service is a whole right. fucking thing. God bless. God right. bless those people. Right. Absolutely. Right. Okay. I've got. A, I've got a different one now. If we, mm. to, to move on from food service. Um, okay. This is. This is. I think very near and dear to all of our hearts. Let's say you're on a professional soccer team. Um, it's currently losing because the ref is making like super unfair calls and you're like really starting to suspect the other team bribed them. Who do you want? Who do you want as your coach to like resolve this situation? Caladan Brood, I think. Either Caladan Brood or Animana Rake for sheer presence. That's all they need in that situation. Like walk up with a fucking hammer that can make a mountain or like some super cursed sword. And I think, I think that'll get resolved real quick. Yeah. That's that's how I feel. Yeah. About, that's how I think. Interesting. So just I the pure intimidation. Choice. Yeah. Pure intimidation, I think. But I I mean, oh, I don't know though. This that that ref's got to be feeling some kind of confident if he is or if they are uh already calling the game bad knowing who the manager is. <laughs> it's a big bribe. It's a big bribe. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 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 I I had like an answer that I definitely didn't want someone to be. Mm. I definitely don't want Coltane being my coach because I feel like he's just going to be <laughs> like, just what's the, what's the, what's the way I'm like trying to, trying to, phrase well, I feel, I like, feel like Coltane would just be like, yeah, that's the situation. We yeah, got like, very yeah, ambivalent. That's exactly yeah. what he would do. Yeah. He would just be like, we yeah. just got to play the game. <laughs> no, I'm not just playing the game. I, I feel yeah, like here Lassine would be, would be a good choice because this feels like, someone who like i don't necessarily want someone who's going to upfront confront the refs about it i want some like behind the scenes machinations to bankrupt the opposing team in the long run (laughs) like i want the opposing team to disappear from the league next season so maybe you do lose that game because of the bad calls but in like a month that whole team dissolves like that club no longer exists Mm. yeah and you have absorbed (laughs) their best players right yeah 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 what do you think pete I'm like way, I'm way, I'm off and I'm gone. Um, maybe, I don't know, Escarl Pust, that sounds fun. That's that, like, this is all I got. I, I, I couldn't decide. I was going through every person and I couldn't decide on one. The one I was most attached yeah. to was the Warlock King. That was the honest. But you guys have not read that book. So that one's for PV, I guess. <laughs> we'll, we'll, we'll look that's out for a, that one we'll that is a good if, if you know the context i think that's a pretty good answer all right a but, little uh, a little we'll move uh, on. teaser <laughs> a little teaser a little, for teaser, a little teaser yeah okay all right keep an eye out for the warlock king everybody <laughs> yeah all right all right last one i think this is the this is this is a good one um you meant to send an email to your coworker complaining about the boss but you accidentally sent it to your boss instead mm Maybe a little reply all action. Jeez. Oh, man. Well, reply all is a total different thing than if that's you just fair. send it to your boss. That's if fair. you send Let's, it to right. everyone, I think that's... Oh, man. That might be a better scenario, actually. <laughs> I would send it to oh. Dujak. Dujak seems like he'd be chill about it. You know? Mm. Yeah. 
Yeah, I think that I think that tracks with me. I think Dujax would be like, you know what? You don't have to fucking like me. Ah, Just don't worry. Don't worry. Deal about with it. it. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I was realizing as I made these that like, again, I was thinking about also like the worst person. And Coltane is my worst boss scenario for like all of these. <laughs> Period. And I don't Just really across know why. the board, yeah. Because like, because he like crushed it in the book, mm. but I just don't I I don't want anything to do with Coltane. <laughs> Coltane has too strong of a moral center to to, to to be a boss that you can do something bad around or something. Col yeah, Coltane is the person that's like disappointed in me and not mad, and that mm. makes it worse. I think. Mm. Yeah, that's the vibe I get. Right. Like, you feel like they're continuing on in spite of you. Like, you're dragging Coltane down, and they're not going to give you a hard time about it, but you're definitely making things worse. Yeah. <laughs> right. Yeah. Coltane's a weird guy, in a way. <laughs> but, anyway. Yeah, he, he for sure is. Uh, he did get a lot of love. He did get a lot of love on our show. Uh, oh, cool. Yeah, deserved. of course. Of course. He's great. Great character. Amazing. Amazing storyline. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. Not, not the best boss, I don't think. <laughs> no. Well, he's, no just kind of, not. he's just not a very charismatic leader. Do you know what I mean? Like his That's leadership is. is is more about, I don't know, perseverance or like fortitude or something. I don't know. But it's yeah. not like he's he's like the guy Charmin, you know? Yeah. It seems like very concentrated lead by example is the vibe I get from yeah. Coltane, where it's like there is yeah. no convincing by like fancy words or anything. He's just like out front riding like a half dead horse the whole time. And you're like, right. well, if Coltane's doing it. Well, and like he kind of believes and like I think oh, that's yeah. the thing that matters the most to that army at that time. You know, the fact yeah. that someone, especially their leader, believes in what's going on. So. Yes. Yeah. Absolutely. Um, and and something that Luke and I noticed about Memories of Ice and Chain of Dogs was that they both had a lot of very like Christian vibes to them that we didn't really expect. Specifically, like Coltane is crucified. Itkovian is like taking the sins of the world. Yo, yep. Deadhouse, Deadhouse, they're super, I think these books are super Christian, is my opinion, yeah. but, or like, yeah, yeah. but, um, Deadhouse Gates is super Christian, they walk across water, and they, he gets crucified, and he feeds the yeah. people, yeah. I mean, it's like, full-on Jesus stuff, you know? Yes, yes. So. yes, exactly, exactly. The, the other common things that Stephen loves in his books, and maybe you all talking to him will have more insight on this. But two of the other things that like are in all like all three of these books so far are dogs in some major way. Like a dog he loves is the doggos. <laughs> like doggos are huge yeah. for Steven. Yeah. Which like I love dogs and I was kind of glad to see him <laughs> kind of central to all of these books. I got to say yeah. we only call him Steve cuz that's what he told us to call him and when you're calling him Steven it sounds like you're scolding him. <laughs> <laughs> Steven, there's too many doggos in the book. <laughs> uh, oh, yeah, no, fun. I mean, the dogs stay. A I think there are dogs in every book so far. Um, there's dog, there's there dog main characters as far as I'm concerned. So. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I don't even think you've... Yeah, I'm not going to say anything. Anyway, yep. yeah. <laughs> there's more dogs to come. Be ready. <laughs> Lots of Teasers, dogs. there's dogs. Yeah. Oh, there's lots. Th there's even more dogs. Yeah, yeah. The other thing that Stephen has been like including in every one of these books is a young woman who is in like starts off pretty innocent and then gets like immense power and put in like a somewhat terrible situation with like Sorry in Gardens of the Moon, the Whirlwind, the oh, what was her name? Shane, the woman who gets. Fellison. Fellison. Fellison, Deadhouse Gates, and then Tattersail, the Silver Fox kind of hybrid thing that, that happens in uh, Memories of Ice. And that's it seems like another trope that Stephen is very interested in exploring in these first three books is like a young woman that gets put in like a position of extreme power from like a very bad circumstance. Yeah. What do you think, Hodge? No, I mean I think that's accurate. I, I don't. I mean I think we've we've talked about 
all of those characters a lot, but I don't think I ever actually like consciously made that connection. Um, but like, it's very much there. And in, even in the, the, the later books, there are, um, with, uh, 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 like Tavor and stuff, like just, just Tavor being Tavor really. Um, there are, there are lots of women in powerful positions, um, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. which I think is probably a conscious thing by Steve to like, I, but the circ, the, some of the circumstances by which they become these, <laughs> these, uh, these, these powerful people are, uh, rough. <laughs> right. Right. Well, I feel like at a certain point though, there is like, at least so far we've seen like an ownership of the power. Like they start being a tool of someone else. And then eventually, like, overcome that to actually, like, take control of the power and, like, flip it on the person that was controlling them. Like, Sari starts mm-hmm. off as the tool of the rope and then kind of, like, gets out of it and still has a lot of that power mm-hmm. and uh, potentially is, like, in charge of that. And the same thing with Felicin. Felicin, like, kind of becomes powerful of her own, like, on her own terms, essentially. So it does seem yeah. like a super, like it does seem empowering, in a way. I don't know. Um, to dissent, uh, I feel those three characters. Uh, I don't think there. I don't see a huge parallel between them. Um, mm. And I think the ways in both they have power and what that power means for them and thematically resonates in the story to me um, seems seems fairly different. Um, mm. And I, you know, it's tough because of course we can't talk about those later books, but um, uh, I guess I see, uh, yeah, I, I kind of see them pretty distinctly. Is is my is my view? You know, I mean, I think mm, even yeah. if you look at Silver Fox, who. Her journey in Memories of Ice is so much more of a question of, to me, identity. And I think mm. the journey of Felicin, it, it, I don't super see it about a, a journey of self-identity for her. You know, mm. what she's going through there is not really about that to me. So I think although they end up in positions of power, um, I think the type of power they wield is really different. And um, I, I don't even, I, like, Felicin's journey, of anything, is about getting to the getting to that position in Deadhouse Gates, her journey. Whereas, I mean, Silver Fox starts with a tremendous amount of power. And really, in Mm. my mind, her question is more about what does it mean to wield that power? Who is she? And what does this power mean to her? Um, And what does it mean to the people around her? So Mm. I kind of see them as distinct, but I I do see where the parallel you're drawing comes from. Mm. Mm Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. No, I totally get that vibe. Especially, I think, with, with Silver Fox, I agree. Yeah, the power is there from the beginning. It's a question of what does that power mean? Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I, have a, I have a quick question just about, like, kind of the broader series and, like, structure of it. Hit us. I don't know if you guys, like, l- l- like hear from your listeners or, or talk to a lot of people that are, that are reading it along with you. Do you have like a sense of what's kind of the most difficult books of the series to get through? Like are the beginning or the first few books like super difficult and then you kind of, you kind of get into the groove or. Yeah. I would say the large, the popular consensus to speak to in broad strokes is and we do the, have a, a discord where we've had, these conversations mm-hmm. and stuff. So we right. have like active also, conversations with our listeners and stuff. Also just through forums through the years. I mean, mm-hmm. most people think the first book, uh, you have people who like the first book, but there's lots of people who are like, uh, you might not like the first one, but the second and third one are really great. And you'll like those, you know, which is kind of my experience. I didn't love the first one, but then, um, some people, uh, the fourth one, people have different opinions on, uh, um, uh, most people like the fifth one. Some people, uh, kind of don't vibe with it i've never gotten that um fifth book is so good and then uh later in the series some people feel like they get a little slow um but a lot of people really like it and then the ninth book is the one that i think most people say is uh can be hard to get through i i think number one and nine are the ones people um probably rag on the most or think that are like you know, I feel like the people who are going to stand up and talk about how Nine's a great book are so in the tank for the series. Mm. Um, and it's not even a bad way. It's just like, you know, like I think a lot of people who kind of like the series love the third book or something. 
and then people who are just like obsessed with what's going on you know these are the people who are more willing to give those entries a deeper read or you know that type of attention so i was like super into the first and third which i feel i think it's i assume it's popular the third one is like super popular i, I think the third one um, is the broad favorite yeah yeah, yeah. But I was actually, I really liked the first one, and I kind of didn't love the second one. Yeah, that's it. That's that, one, that, that one was tough to get through. I feel like a third of people don't like the second one, and then everyone else thinks it's brilliant. And yeah. that's how there's I feel. A, but. Th- there's a lot of people that don't like, um, like, Seven Cities and Reriku as a setting. Uh, like, I think Josh mm. on our show has said, like, when we're in the desert, he feels that weight of, like, being tired and like being in the heat like he said that that's what reading like dead house gates felt like it was like just like trudging through the desert like it, he didn't have a good time but i also think there's a major shift in a lot of ways between one and two i mean one is a is it, it, although it's an introductory thing in a way it is a fairly fast-paced story and it's a kind of a smaller storyline in a way and it's definitely sure. more intimate in a way and then two is Two is a somewhat more slower book, and uh, I think the books people kind of bounce off in the series, be it eight or nine, like kind of have a slower pace. I mean, half of book two is people sitting in the desert talking to each other. I mean, that is a large part of the book. So, I mean, I've always gotten people who bounce off it, but also I think book two rules and you can't stop me. So, (laughs) (laughs) We've got another game that we want to play, and I think think this is the reason... (laughs) <laughs> this is the reason why we have AJ and Pete here. Luke and I, we've barely read these books. You all have been listening at home to us. We've barely been understanding what's been going on. But here we have two bona fide. They're, they're being humble, but these are these are experts for Malice. Again, re- I again reject those credentials, but continue. <laughs> they'll deny it, but it just further reinforces <laughs> the fact that they are they are experts in this field. And so we've got some questions about the books because we had some some issues that we need resolved. And the first one is when Empress Lacine is setting up her government and she's figuring out who's going to be the head of the claw. What's that conversation like where she's like, Hey, I know, I know I did the whole coup thing, but, um, but you really shouldn't do the whole coup thing. How is she? How is she having that conversation, Pete? I think this is this is all you. I think. Um, well, you you're gonna want a resume that stands out. So I think it's about <laughs> fine trying to find some sort of distinctive attribute and telling a story in your cover letter that explains why mm. you're right for the job. Mm-hmm. So I think Topper probably crafted a great narrative to explain why he is right and um, others are wrong. That's my that's my guess. I mean. <laughs> In a meritocracy, the most qualified candidates climb to the top, and that's just fact, baby. <laughs> I imagine, too, when Lacine is going through resumes, she is looking for that sweet spot of somebody who is ambitious but not too ambitious, right? Because she wants, obviously, mm. she wants somebody who's going to, you know, take initiative, do things without her asking, but she doesn't want somebody who's going to take too much initiative, Right. Yeah, I think you got to look for uh, in that situation, you need to look for the resume that has like, I am going to take your job. I am going to do this because you don't want somebody who's going to like secretly do it. You want them to not be able to keep a secret so that you can stay on top of them and know that you you are actually in the power position here. Okay. <laughs> yes. That take. Like that brutal honesty. Okay. Yeah. Right. Right. Because you don't want someone who's yeah. trying to who's trying to like lay it soft like oh you know i'll we'll see if i work through the ranks i don't know you you want somebody who's like i'm gonna do it so that you can make sure that they don't right, right. <laughs> this is actually brilliant and the fact that they've included that yeah. on the resume means they don't have a lot of subtlety so right exactly <laughs> which is what you want in the head of a claw um <laughs> yeah i okay i have i have another one that's kind of like m- most of these are gonna be more like vibe questions as people that have read more than us because like i have an answer to this one but i don't think it's right because i'm relatively new to the series um we've seen like a lot of the the like lives or or the like experiences of some of the priests of the different gods which like 
priests do we think have the best life that you want to be like which 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 priest do you want to be i guess i'll I'll give you i'll give you my answer real quick my uneducated answer i feel like i would love to be a priest of burn because i imagine very little oversight and lots of like naps Mm. is the whole thing Mm. Mm. that is kind of the whole vibe of burn huh it's just like a big nap do the big mm-hmm. nap. The, the biggest big nap. nap. Oh, man. We saw, we saw, uh, we talked about this in one of our episodes where, like, the priest of Hood seems terrible because he's just, like, covered in flies all the time. <laughs> yeah. So that's, like, bottom of my list. That seems pretty rough. Yeah. Yeah. For uh, sure. Now, are we, uh, are we limiting this to just the books you have read? Because there's some priests you haven't. Well, if they're God, if it's a God that we know, I think you can say you can say what it is. Because we know a lot of the other deities that we haven't seen priesthoods necessarily for. I have actually, uh, I, I I was thinking, and I actually recall that I have actually tweeted about this before, because <laughs> I've already considered it. I would be a priestess of Jess, the knitting god, is. Because just vibing and knitting all day sounds like a great time, baby. But what a way to commune with the universe. A little knitting, please. You know? Damn. Okay. All right. I, I, I think... And just like, th- th- this is in Memories of Ice, so... Really? Where? <laughs> I don't remember this at all. Anyway, keep um, going. Aj, what's your pick? Drek? Yeah, I think... Drek? Drek no, for you? Not, not, <laughs> not Drek. Drek. Not Drek. I think I'm gonna go male. I think I'd like to be a priest of male, um, uh, because who you, doesn't love? You love Malik the, Rell. Who doesn't love? Well, not quite. But who doesn't love the open seas? You know, who doesn't love to to be on a boat, feel that salt, that fresh mm. or salt water air on your face? You know, uh, the pirate's I think, life I think for my you. Answer is, a pri- the pirate's life for me, especially if I'm a priest <laughs> of the 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 sea god. Uh, because you know, ain't nothing's gonna fuck with me. Yeah. AJ, don't take that. Don't take this as a slam. You, you don't as think I'm a pirate. Pi- pirate is just uh, like one of the furthest things I could ever imagine from you. Hey, you for know that you'll walk the plank. You know, ne- ne- negative pirate energy. <laughs> All right, maybe maybe not pirate, but maybe some of the hymns are like Jiffy, Jimmy Buffett tunes. Oh, oh! It's more like a yacht thing, like a, a like a yacht, a like yacht. cruise ship thing, <laughs> cruising yeah, 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 kind yeah, of okay. thing. Yeah, okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. I love that. Mm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm the cool. I male do like priest. that we all went. I like that we all went for like a chilling or a chilling vibe for our for yeah, our. Yeah, well, I don't want to do any work in order to pray. You know, <laughs> no thanks. Just the powers, please. Yeah, just the powers. Dan, did you give an answer? Um, I didn't give an answer. We've heard a little bit about the Queen of Dreams. I'm very mm-hmm. into lucid dreaming. I think lucid dreaming is like a superpower that some people can do. Sure. Uh, and so I'm into it. We, we haven't heard a lot about their whole deal yet, but they're introduced in Memories of Ice, and it sounds nice. Uh, fun fact about Tress, the Queen of Dreams. Uh, one of the characters Steve played... That's a little Malazan trivia That's right. for you, I too. I forgot about that. A character he played in well, a game? When, yeah, when they role-played. A lot of this comes from role-playing he did. So he played Triss. That was one of his characters. Uh, yeah. Interesting. See, this is why, Luke, this is why we're asking the experts. <laughs> just a little, ma- <laughs> yeah, just a little I, Malazan I like, trivia. Yeah, yeah. A lot I like of that the... we have them on to, like, ask, to, to give us information that we could ask Steve. <laughs> I like I like a little uh, a little linkage there. That's good. Yeah, yeah. Okay, something that is introduced a lot in this series are life extending miracle cures. You know, every 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 day you're getting a new advertisement for a juicing machine or a candle that you burn that lets you live an extra hundred years. What's the best life extending miracle out there? Vaccines, baby, get them! Hey. <laughs> yes. Right. Don't fucking go. come at me, baby. Public health. 
Although I gotta tell you, I don't think there's vaccines in this this world. That's my first read. You know, I'm not 100, percent but I don't know. Magic, mm. maybe magic vaccines, but mm. I mean, they've got yeah. they've got uh, herbology and stuff, right? Sure. They've got the alchemists. Like Baruch, I feel like yeah, might yeah, be yeah. working on a some kind of mRNA vaccine. Yeah, I could see sure. that. He just calls it something different. The right. thing is, Baruch's been putting microchips in the herbs, though, so you can't. <laughs> uh, Pete, I should have told you we're not that kind of podcast, so. Oh, well, okay. uh-huh, uh-huh, uh-huh. Here I'm being censored by big tech. My posts aren't getting enough likes. <laughs> I think this might be... No, you know what? I think the, the, the best... Uh, miracle cure or miracle gift of immortality is uh being able to be a bone person just being able to to be a talana mask because like yeah like that seems pretty sick in terms of uh, immortality uh uh rates you know i i feel like hands down no question about it i would become a bone person if i could not even a yeah. not even a second Ooh. thought you know bone me up baby this world, this world's burning on fire. I don't need to be around with my flesh, you know. I can just be yeah. drifting about place to place. I'm a little, little skeleton. Yeah, skeleton sure. or dust, you sure. know. I can be dust oh, if I yeah. want. Yeah, you know, they just got to be vibing so hard all the time. Yeah, literally just following wherever <laughs> the wind true. blows. Like, and what's we were, the, what's the we downside? Were saying, like depression. We were we were saying they have all this time, like. I'm trying to figure out if they're going to slip and slides on the weekends or like, because all I see from them is like going to one fight after another. Mm-hmm. Which which are, they, are, are we are we doing fun things between these? Dead on. <laughs> it seems like if you have eternity, you know, a lot of times in fantasy you get these eternal uh, immortal races and they get in so involved to themselves and do culture or whatever. Why aren't the Talani Mass just off on some plateau? You know, I don't know, making bone statues or whatever. You know, if I was right. alive forever, I would not spend all of my time drifting from one battle to another so I could holocaust the jagat. You know, um, <laughs> just seems like a bad use of my forever life. That's, Get a that's, hobby, you know? Yeah, exactly. Pick up knitting or I don't know, you know, just fucking Christ. Go fishing. Yeah. <laughs> Pick up a Nintendo Switch. It's interesting that that y'all went bone people because mm. that was like pretty low on my list of ways to be immortal. Really? Yeah, because like the Tristy Andy are just they all look hot and they're also yeah, immortal. That is that is like true. you don't have to be a bone person to be immortal. But they're all so sad. They're they are all very having moody. a bad time. Yeah, you can, that's true. I, I don't know I if the Talana Mass are much happier, really. <laughs> that's true. That's true. I feel we, like we also a, don't. Get although the, uh, I, there's not many get... happy people in the series. It's the, yeah, the book's the just not a lot of happy folks having a good time. True. True. I was gonna say we don't really get the background of why the uh, the Tisty Andy like are living so long. Maybe they're maybe they're back there just like eating salads and that's it. <laughs> it's just really healthy. They're health nuts. Yeah, they're just health nuts. You know, they found they're the secret of antioxidants. Yeah, there yeah. you go. <laughs> Atkins from the 90s. You remember. <laughs> oh, the ultimate. That's what Carcanus is going to climax with. <laughs> oh, Christ. Um, oh, all right. Boy. They're on Keto. Is that a better, more reference? There we go. Yeah, there we go. Keto. <laughs> I think that's in these days. Um, that's a good one. Yeah. No. Uh, intermediate okay, fasting. I have, I have one. <laughs> I, I've got one more. One more, like, uh, question that I'm very, very interested to know the answer in. We just, we just read about the, like, Trake slash Treach tiger Voltron thing, where they all get in a big pile and turn into a big tiger. Right, right. yeah. You love, you love to see it. Is it? <laughs> you do love to see it. I'm curious, though, if there's, like, a lower limit on how many people you need to make the, <laughs> the Voltron. Or is oh. it, like... Like, me and my buddies want to take a trip up the coast, and, like, we only need five of us to get together and make a big tiger that can run up there real quick. Mm. Or is it, like, the whole group's coming? Mm. You know what I mean? That's See, interesting. See, I, I think you're going in the wrong direction. I feel like my head's at, like, is there an upward limit? 
do you know what I mean? How many people could we get in the one? Because if you get <laughs> yeah, all like the a clown people, car situation. It, well, if you get all the people in the one, I feel like the scale of the tiger is just going to keep growing and growing. And then all of a sudden, like, what's that? You're in space. You're a, you're a space giant tiger, you know? <laughs> you're asking that's, if it's like, just, what was that video game where you roll the ball around and collect stuff on it? Oh, Katamari, Katamari Damasi. Uh, yeah. You're asking if if we can make a tiger that's this that's just running around <laughs> collecting people and growing. That's what I'm saying. Pretty, and also, do yeah. the people need to like comply, or could I just like make everyone on the planet a tiger, regardless of their interest in becoming a tiger or not? Yeah, maybe take out like a Super Bowl ad or something. Like, hey, oh, great the, idea! Tomorrow, tomorrow we're making a big tiger. Just make sure you're ready. Everyone, get on down to the Home Depot at 8 a.m. We're being a big tiger. Get lubed up and come on down. We're being a tiger today. I think I'd sign you know, up. I th- I'd sign up in a second. Yeah, yeah. yeah you could recruit me. Mm, make me big sure. tiger. Yeah, make me big tiger, please, Daddy. <laughs> so uh what you guys think you think four five six they're on the docket are you guys gonna do a little don 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 cut through it or what we we jump around a lot Mm. like in our in the books that we read so i think we'll probably come back to malazan sure but we're taking a break for now for sure yeah Yeah. i get that yeah i think i think after book three is a good spot to take a break um because that's kind of like the end of the first arc really i mean there is stuff that happens that is kind of book to like kind of yeah but but three is a fine place to stop it is yeah i was gonna say three four and five i think are kind of ones that you can kind of take breaks in between them and still feel pretty good um Mm. but then i think from oh this leads me to a question yeah. If like, how hard is it to come back to the series? Great question. Like, if we stop at three, I, I, and then come. I, back. I think you're gonna be fine. I mean, I read maybe the first six back to back. I don't know. It's hard to remember. But 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 in between them, I always took just because you know these books are fairly dense and they're fairly long, and you read them, and then you just want to like. You know, you want to read something else, or you just want to get your feet wet into another thing. So I would always take a few months off between the books, and you know, we we get mail from people who read just like just finished reading all the books in like a month or so. You know, these just yeah. seems like it's just, I'm I'm always like whoa, you know, it seems like a heavy dose. <laughs> but um, in my experience, it's not too bad, and um, you could always tune into the Ten Very Big Books podcast, get up to date on what's refresher, going on. Yeah. A little refresher, you know what I mean? Just that's a little suggestion if you're coming back to the shoot of the books, you know. There it is. There it is. We we were gonna make him wait until the end, but you know what? Plug it now. Absolutely. <laughs> just, a little, just a little thought. Just maybe. Yeah. Yeah. Also, eight episode, eight seasons. Yeah. You know, we're taking a little break. If you want to keep going, listener at home, you want to keep going with Malazan. If the Malazan book of the summer has not ended for you, dear listener, well, 10 very big books, you can keep going. They're on go book to seven. a very manageable click. Yeah. We, we do like uh, two or three, or no, three or four chapters. I think we might be changing with this next book because it's huge. Um, but per episode, it's like three or four chapters. You know, we go to very manageable clicks. So you could also read something else if you wanted. We release bi-weekly. So it's like, you know, 120 pages every two weeks. I don't think that's super bad. So you could read something else alongside of it if you want. H, I don't uh, think it's or, super bad. <laughs> it's not super bad, no. Uh, we get messages all the time from people who are like, yeah, I just found your show last week and I'm already ahead of you. It's like, okay, <laughs> like, damn, I'm not last week, but like, um, you know, a month ago, it's like, oh yeah, I, I started Gardens of the Moon and needed something to clear it up, and now I'm past you. And it's like, oh, damn, like. Are they like, hey, hurry it up, please, I'm trying to get through yeah. this. <laughs> but I think some people prefer to read series like that and to just mm-hmm. read them straight through. I mean, you hear people yeah. doing that with all sorts of series, and um, I get it for some things, but for me, especially when it's a longer series with longer books, I just like to... You know, I like to break it up a little bit, you know? Yeah. I feel like where we are now, if you're going to listen to the whole series, like read through the books, listen to the whole series. And I think we are at a good point now where if you go ahead of us, you'll be fine on your own. I don't know, yeah, though, because I haven't read 7, 8, definitely. 9, 10, but I feel like you have like a pretty firm grasp on everything that's going on. Yeah. After book six. Okay. <laughs> no? I, okay. I, I, I agree. All right. I never mind. The, yeah. 
I don't know. That's a bold new, strategy the, to tell your audience that they're fine without you. I'm just saying. I mean, people are doing it anyway, so I thought maybe I, I'd tell I, them, like, you're, hey, you're right. You're right. You're right. In fact, you have to keep listening to the show. You're going to be completely lost. <laughs> <laughs> These books make no sense. Yeah. There you go. Yeah. 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 <laughs> okay. Last question I want to ask. Yes. Lay it on us. We learn, we learn in Deadhouse Gates, Mappo has a bag that seems to be a Mary Poppins bag. He can just, like, fit infinite stuff in it. We also learn yeah. that a few annoying people may have gotten put in, may have, may have been put into the bag. If you could take a character <laughs> from the first three books that you could shove into Mappo's bag to just be lost and gone. Malik Rell. <laughs> That's it. Okay. Yeah, like he's do you want to finish? Or do you want to finish like, from the first one? Uh, yeah, what? give us some content. In case our listeners, because of course Luke and I know the names of all the characters, but in case one of our listeners doesn't know who this person is. Sure. So Malik Rell is, uh, I mean, Pete mentioned it before. It, is a priest of male, whatever, not emblematic of all, but hashtag not all priests of male. Um, uh, he is He's kind of just an like, iconoclast, willing to take a stand where others won't, you know? And that's sure, why I if think your stand is the shittiest thing, <laughs> like, to, to only look out for yourself and just, like, uh-huh. have total disregard for any other people at all completely it just objectively there are like some like gray like these are bad characters but like maybe not malik rel objectively terrible there's nothing redeeming about malik rel just a total shit bag of a person uh all bad and he's he, going in the bag and he's from dead house gates right he is from dead house gates yeah, yeah. he's the one that convinces the high fists to surrender yeah. the yeah yes yeah that's, he a, is the that's reason a good answer. Everything goes bad. <laughs> yep. Yeah. Um, I guess I would choose. I don't know. Honestly, my first thought was Whiskey Jack. That's just what my first thought was. <laughs> what? <laughs> For what I'm reason? Hot that's a take, hot the hottest of takes here on Don't Call I'm It a just, Book Club. I'm just being honest. Just being honest. Um, so you that's... are you are noted Whiskey Jack hater though. Not hater. Yeah, maybe hater. At, le- <laughs> at least detractor. At least detractor. Not a liker, yeah. <laughs> um, but, uh, you know, I don't know. Jack. Put him in the bag, you know? I, I, Go I in the bag. Him, you know? <laughs> sure. Yeah, sure. okay. But, put him in there. Yeah. Uh, I'm, What's I'm the big putting, deal? I'm putting Toes in the bag just because Toes is the toes. mage who has a bunch of shriveled up toes on his vest mm. that we learn about in and Memories the, of the Ice. And the hair shirt, right? That's Spindle, no, I think. Spindle. Spindle. Yeah. Either okay. of them, honestly, They're I'd be fine kind. going in the bag. Luke, <laughs> if you would put one of them in the bag for yours, then I think we could just get them both out of there. Sure. I'd love to do you that favor. Um, I'm going to go for someone very small and insignificant. Crocus, in the second book, I was done with. Get out. Yeah. Get out of the show. I, I, <laughs> yeah. this, cannot, this cannot stand. Yeah, as not, much as Pete hates Whiskey Jack, yeah, they love Crocus. Number one okay. character, Crocus Younghand, represent. You cannot come for the boy. The boy king, okay? The boy king I want him of Malazan. Crocus, Crocus, quote, has no idea what's going on, one hand. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um... I just, I just love that boy so much. I do get how Uh-oh. people rag on him because he is somewhat insufferable, but <sighs> oh, the boy. Just got to sure. look out for him, you know? Sure. He's just going in a bag. He's not nope. going Maybe he'll be safe in the bag. bag. Pete, you don't know. Mm, not quite. <laughs> Maybe he's going to be safe in the bag. Maybe. Do you know what? I'm sure once he'd be in the bag, he'd be like, you know what? This is good. This is actually yeah. probably what I <laughs> yeah. I think, think I'm going to figure it all. Pretty cr- <laughs> yeah. I actually like being in a bag. This is what I wanted the whole time. <laughs> I should have been in the bag all the Yeah. <laughs> Christ. I can relate to that. No. Oh, man. Yeah. Um, so, of course, we want to thank our friends from the 10 Very Big Books podcast. Uh, and, of mm. course, you can always find them at that podcast. Excuse me. Excuse, uh, ex- excuse me. It, there's no the. 
It's it, it's cleaner. We it's cleaner the without the butt. Yeah, it's cleaner without Fucking the butt. Geez, it's a billion please. dollars. I forgot it was a billion dollars. Excuse me. <laughs> um, do, do y'all have anything else you're working on that you want to let our listeners know about? AJ does. AJ, plug some of your great <laughs> podcasts. Uh, I'll plug uh, yeah. one. I'll plug one. AJ mm. has a great podcast called Frog of the Week. Um, and uh, every you. week it just vibes and explains why one frog is a beautiful little gem. And you should listen to it. It's two-minute shows. There's the soft little jazz and music. Kim's there. And she's like, hey, so the Frog of the Week is blah. It's great. You're going to love it. Tune in. <laughs> frog of the Week. Learn about frogs. <laughs> Thanks, Pete. I appreciate that. Yeah, Frog of the Week, I think, is is noted uh, the best podcast I've ever made. Um, Whoa! My, par- my parents like it. <laughs> my parents like it. It's widely accessible. Like, the, the yeah. it, it's wild. You tell people you do a two-minute show about frogs, and they're like, whoa, what? It's like, sure. Uh, very funny story behind it, but we don't need to get into it. Uh, I also produce a... Uh, so I am a basically full-time podcast producer at this point. So I do 10 Very Big Books. Uh, you can find us on Twitter at 10 Very Big Books. Uh, I also produce a low key video game podcast called Into the Aether. Uh, friends, Stephen and Brendan, uh, talk about whatever video games they're playing that week. They are not beholden to new releases, uh, you know, system, you know, whatever. They'll, the, whatever they're playing that week, they're going to talk about it. They're going to vibe. They're very good friends. It's great conversation. Um, They've have uh, they've had uh, Chris Plant from Polygon on the show. They've had Tamor Hussein from Gamespot, who they're about to talk to again about the Mass Effect trilogy. Um, they've had guests, and they love they love games. They're really good at talking about them. So if you want to check that out, into the cast dot online uh, has all their stuff there. Uh, and those are probably the ten very big books, Frog of the Week, and into the into the Aether are, are the three that I usually plug. So uh, that's that. It does suck that our show is like, it's it's so like everyone like, <laughs> you just can't tell people to listen to the show. It's like it's it's like it, yeah, it's hard I'm, to I'm, pitch like hey uh, yeah. yeah. And, and whenever I tell people they're like oh that's cool should I listen to it I'm like no you're not gonna like it I'm sorry this <laughs> yeah. this isn't for you I, I'm it's, I think, it's a it's a good podcast it's it's not it's not for you I'm sorry yeah, I, it's and, great. and I think I think that's part of the reason why people uh, when I when people when I tell people I'm a podcast producer like oh like what kind of shows do you do? I'm like, Oh, I do one about this book series. I do one about video games. I do one about frogs. That's like two minutes every week. And they're like, Oh, frogs. Like yeah, the, that's like, the one. Oh, thank God. Can get. Oh yeah. <laughs> Something I can relate to. Um, I, I've heard yeah. about frogs. <laughs> <laughs> well, to, uh, to the folks who are, are here, who've stuck around with us this long, uh, and haven't listened to 10 very big books yet. What are you doing? Of course, listen to 10 Very Big Books. Here is, here is your audience for that. Here are the people. <laughs> here are your people who will embrace you with open arms. Yeah, if you like the first three books or if you're going on to read the rest of them, check it out. 10 Very Big Books, Gmail, Twitter, everywhere. We have a Patreon, too, if you want to throw money that way, but yeah, you don't have I'm to. Sure, I'm sure they were listening to the show, <laughs> well done. heard the two of us, and were like, man, I got to give these people money now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there are two other hosts, so it's not just it's not just me and Pete. We have our, our friend Josh and our friend uh, India. Uh, makes for a very good podcast. Yeah, it's outstanding. Definitely recommend it. Thanks. Well, thanks for having us on the show. It means a lot. Yeah, it's great. Yeah. yeah, thanks for coming on, y'all. Um, it's always nice to have a couple more more folks out here to throw around some hot takes. Mm-hmm. And act like dumb nerds. <laughs> not, not even once. <laughs>